Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Here's our host, Tom Dupree. Okay, today I'm going to play a little bit of uh, a movie clip for you, but um, first I'm going to read from the fifth chapter of the book of Isaiah, 20th verse. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, their blossom shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. I'm going to play you a clip from a movie. This is from the beginning of The Godfather where the man asks him for a favor that he would avenge the attack of his daughter. He asked Don Corleone, of course, Marlon Brando, and the response is really good. Hold on. Sorry. I I went to the police like a good American. These two boys were brought to trial. The judge sentenced them to three years in prison and suspended the sentence. Suspended the sentence? They went free that very day. I stood in the courtroom like a fool. And those two bastards, they smiled at me. Then I said to my wife, for justice, we must go to Don Corleone. Why did you go to the police? Why didn't you come to me first? What do you want of me? Tell me anything, but do what I beg you to do. What is that? I'll give you anything you ask. We've known each other many years, but this is the first time you ever came to me for counsel or for help. I can't remember the last time that you invited me to your house for a cup of coffee. Even though my wife is godmother to your only child. But let's be frank, you, you never wanted my friendship. And, uh, 
You were afraid to be in my debt. I didn't want to get into trouble. I understand. You found paradise in America. You had a good trade, made a good living. Police protected you, and there were courts of law. And you didn't need a friend like me. But uh, now you come to me and you say, Don Corleone, give me justice. You don't ask for respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. Instead, you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to do murder for money. We ask you for justice. That is not justice. Your daughter is still alive. Let him suffer then. As she suffers. How much shall I pay you? What have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully? If you'd come to me in friendship, then the scum that wound your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if by chance an honest man like yourself should make enemies, then he would become my enemies. And then they would fear you. Be my friend. Godfather. Good. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. That's probably one of the best sequences I know of in American film. It talks about honor. It talks about um, fear. It talks about this thing that we call respectability. You see, Don Corleone knew who he was. The Italian guy who was in a respectable trade as an undertaker, he found himself suddenly in a situation where his respectability didn't count for anything. And so he goes to Don Corleone and and cries justice, but Don Corleone correctly says, you know, you thought you were better than me. That I'm just a gangster. And you thought you were above me. And now you come to me because you're in a situation where you can't get justice. Why? Because you're an Italian. 
You're a WAP. And you don't count for anything, no matter how well you've done. And suddenly he realizes that he needs the help of the Godfather. It's an incredible reckoning. And you can't see it from what I played for you, but he kisses his ring, he kisses his hand. He humbles himself to the Godfather. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what I think is getting ready to happen in the economy. We are going to see lower inflation. And as a, as a result of lower inflation, we're going to see lower interest rates. You know, um, inflation is a monetary phenomenon, but it's also a psychological phenomenon. And, and when, when I say a psychological phenomenon, what do I mean? It is the, the thing that make people always blame inflation on too much money being printed. That's, yes, that's part of it. But it's when the money that's been printed starts chasing goods and services and the price of those things starts to go up. That is the psychological part of it. That's the, that's the price, that's the behavioral phenomenon of inflation. It is the willingness of people to pay more for things. It's not only dictated by money supply, because you could print all the money you wanted to, and people didn't chase it, chase goods and services with that money, the prices wouldn't go up. That actually happened since 2008. We were monetizing like crazy. Interest rates got low. Money was everywhere, but we didn't have much inflation. You know, it seems to me that the the recent inflation was certainly caused by money printing, but it was also caused by COVID where people were told not to buy things, not to do this, not to do that. You know how when I would not feel well and I'd lose weight and then when I got and I felt a little bit better, it's like food tasted so good to me and I'd gain weight. It was about the fact that I hadn't been able to eat and enjoy it, that I would eat it and really enjoy it. I think the economy and the inflation is the same thing. It's that people had not been able to go out and spend money and enjoy it, and then when they finally could, they went went nuts with it. Well, and then also you factor in the the savings that they had during covid from not spending money exactly and then you also factor in 
the extra money the government was sending everybody's way to. And there's another thing you factor in. The supply chain breakdown that made it harder to get stuff after COVID, you know, like cars or whatever. People would pay stupid prices for all kinds of stuff because of the supply chain breakdown. Well, and then a, a friend of ours in the car business said that they thought maybe the autom- uh, the manufacturers had figured out that supply and demand was not such a bad thing. But there's, the prices still aren't going as crazy as they have been, and ultimately they'll begin to stack back up again. Now, But car lots are not full like they were once either. Well, because people have cars, and I think inflation has slowed down a little bit. People aren't looking for new cars like they were. They bought ahead. I don't know. Anyway, go on with your point. Don't you understand this? So, so much. (laughs) No, this is just what I think on this. Now, what happens when the opposite of that stuff starts happening, which is already starting to happen? Well, demand begins to go down. And when demand begins to go down, demand for money begins to go down, and interest rates begin to go down. I'm going to read the description of what uh, Wikipedia thinks happens to interest rates during a recession. According, Actually, this is Investopedia. Updated May 27th of 2023. So this is like hot off the press. What happens to interest rates during a recession? Interest rates typically decline during recessions as loan demand slows, bond prices rise, and the central bank eases monetary policy. During recent recessions, the Federal Reserve has cut short-term rates and eased credit access for municipal Corporate borrowers. Now, this is important. This next line is very important. No price in the economy is as important as the price of money. Let me say that again. No price in the economy is as important as the price of money. And what are interest rates? Interest rates are the cost of money. Interest rates are the cost of borrowing money. Now, you're going to say, well, what does this have to do with my investment portfolio? I'm getting to that. Be patient, please. <laughs> Listeners, he probably was talking to me. <laughs> no, I'm like, say the page, them. get to the point. Interest rates arguably drive the business cycle of expansion and contraction. Market rates reflect credit demand from borrowers and the available credit supply, which in turn reflects preference shifts between savings and consumption. That's a fancy way of saying when there's demand for money, interest rates go higher because it makes it more expensive to borrow because there's more demand. When the demand for money begins to drop, interest rates go lower. 
How does this affect your investment portfolio? Well, number one, a typical investment portfolio is made up of stocks and bonds. Let's talk about the bond part right now. When they're talking about loan demand, a bond is a loan. It's part of the loan world. But it is a it is a loan that you, the investor, can buy a piece of and earn a return on your money. Whenever you put your money into any kind of interest-bearing investment, anything that pays interest, you are loaning somebody money. If you put your money in a CD in the bank and they pay you 5% or 4% for, you know, I don't know, 30 months or what have you, you're loaning your money to the bank. If you put your money in a U.S. government bond fund and you're getting 3 or 4%, you're loaning your money to the government. If you put your money in a corporate bond fund, you're loaning your money to various corporations. If you put your money in a municipal bond fund, you're loaning money to a municipality. And in some cases, you may directly purchase a corporate bond or a group of corporate bonds or municipal bonds or government bonds. You can actually buy those things directly, but you are putting your money out at interest. Now, I've been running some ads that are talking about locking in interest rates for longer periods of time. Why is that? Why on earth would you want to lock in interest rates for a long period of time if right now you can get nearly 5% on a money market fund or, you know, a 12-month or an 18-month or 24-month CD, you can get 5% and change. Why on earth would you want to go out and lock in 5 or 6% on a longer-term bond when you can get about that much on a short-term CD? The reason is the CD is short-term, and the bond is longer-term, so you have a chance of locking the rate in for a lot longer period of time. If interest rates begin to decline, if we slip closer to a recession, then when that uh, 24-month CD comes up for renewal, you're not going to get 5% again. You might get 3.5%. Then 24 months after that, you might get 2 I mean, you could look at having to lock in or having to renew your CDs or your short-term bonds or your bond fund, short-term bond fund or your money market fund at a much lower interest rate. No fun at all. Thus, what interest rates do can have a great effect on your investment account. In fact, I would argue it directly affects it. Right now, 
we are beginning and have been for some time to extend our maturities on certain things that we have bought that will perform well in a lower interest rate environment. I've been saying, I think in 18 months, you will see rates a lot lower. I still believe that, although there's been, it's been a month or two from when I said it. So now we're looking at 20 months on the old prediction and 18 months. How do I just leave that ad on there and keep saying 18 months, 18 months, 18, <laughs> you know, 18 months from when it's going to happen at some point, folks, I can't completely be tied down on that. Nor well, the, the clock's right twice a day, right? If it's stuck on the oh, same me, time. I'm right three times a day, typically. Bet, better than the average yeah, there. Sure, sure. The question is, are you positioned properly with your investments for your situation? If you'd like for us to take a look at your portfolio at Dupree Financial Group, you can call us at 859-233-0400. We'd be happy to take a look at your portfolio at no charge. It's complimentary. And give you some input. Make sure you're where you need to be you've been listening to the tom dupree show with our host tom dupree we'll be back in just a few minutes with the second segment of the hour stay tuned under the pressures of life and it's tough no stay down, mama time, pick it up. No bother with the down, full style, strictly up. So this is from the Godfather at the very beginning. It's the wedding of his daughter, played by Talia Shire, who was, I believe, Coppola's daughter. And uh, she's getting married to this guy that they end up having to do him in. And then in this one scene, the FBI is checking everybody's cars. It's just amazing. It's, it's about family. It is about the family. With the Italians, it is about the family. And they're having a good time. They're having a wedding. They're dancing. They're drinking wine. They're just enjoying themselves, eating oranges, having such a good time, such happy go lucky people. And uh, then Barzini shows up. He, he's going to end up trying to have, uh, you know, be behind trying to kill Corleone. Corleone knows it. He deals with these guys. They're sharks. That's what they'll do. But it's such a beautiful. Yeah. I can't think of the guy's name. 
All right, she's telling me to get off of it. So, welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial yeah. Group, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. So, how did I do? I mean, you, you did I do okay on that? Where are you going with it? Where, where, where are you going with it? I want to, I want to hear what you got to say okay. after that, and then I'll give you my opinion. Uh, yeah. All right. Now, I talked about this last week. I talked about the government being out of control, and the sad thing about us is that the government controls our money supply. Now, these things like Bitcoin have been an attempt to stymie the government's uh, deadlock on the money supply. And Bitcoin was designed to be an alternate form of currency. It has succeeded very well. In fact, it has succeeded so well <laughs> that it's no longer really a currency. It's an item of speculation. Now, this is something you need to understand. When the currency is not tied to anything of lasting value, then anything that doesn't have its value tied to the currency is going to become an item of speculation. Let's look through some of these things. Real estate. It used to be considered that when prices of houses were very stable, you bought real estate to live in. Now you buy it to speculate on because the assumption is that real estate will keep going up in value. And why is that? It's not because it gets any better with time. I mean, an aged house is not any better to live in than a new house. In fact, sometimes it's worse. But why does it go up in value? Because the dollar, the, the currency, goes down in value. So the house is not only a thing to live in, it becomes an object of speculation. Gold. For years, the price of gold was stable. Then in the 70s, well, really back in the 30s, Roosevelt got rid of the gold. Then Nixon took us off the gold standard in the 70s. And then gold became an object of, it was no longer currency anymore. Currency became a detached thing. So gold itself became an object of speculation in currency terms. See, what you got to understand is a dollar today ain't worth what a dollar back then was worth. Today's dollar is probably worth around 25 or 30 cents of the old dollar. Now, 
back to this thing about interest rates. We are stuck in a dollar-denominated economy with a currency that we can't completely trust because it's run by a government that we definitely cannot completely trust. So what do you do? You invest your money in things that are potentially going to have some value outside of just the value of the dollar. Why was I talking about long-term bonds? Because they lock in an interest rate. If interest rates were to decline over time, that would be superior or higher than the interest rates that might be prevailing in the future. That would be if inflation begins to temper. Notice I said temper, drop. I did not say go completely away. If in this environment we get to zero inflation, it's probably because something very bad has happened to the economy. Okay. What else can you put your money into that is not necessarily tied to money that makes something or some service that has a value not necessarily denominated in dollars and cents? Well, let's think about it. Coca-Cola, cocoa butter, um, cars, hammers and nails, oil, timber. We tend to think of those things in dollar terms as to what they cost. But the fact is the intrinsic value of timber is, is the fact that it's timber that you can build and make make uh, houses with it. Intrinsic value of oil is that you can refine it and drive a car with it. Regardless of how much that thing costs, the car ride itself can't really be priced. It can be priced, but it can't really be valued. So these things have a value apart from money. And if you're trying to preserve the purchasing power of your money, and that is the only reason why you would ever invest in anything, if you want to preserve and potentially increase over and above inflation, over and above taxes, the purchasing power of your money. That's why you would invest. That is the only reason to invest in something. There is no other reason. There are reasons, but they're not good reasons. The best reason to invest in something is to increase your purchasing power. If this thing in which you invest can potentially go up a lot more than money goes down, 
then it's been a successful investment. A thing that does that better than bonds do are stocks, companies, sometimes oil wells, sometimes horses, sometimes real estate, but things that represent something that's not completely defined by dollar bills. Go ahead. What do you want to say about it? It's up to you. I'm talked out. You got to take a break. No, we're not taking a break. No, you got to take a break from talking, which means that I will pick up with. It's funny, though. You say things that are not associated with money. Everything is essentially associated with money. The price of real estate goes up and down. Its price is associated with money, but itself isn't. Real estate's real estate, whether it's got money attached to it or not. It's ground. It's dirt. It might be a house on top of the ground. That exists apart from money. Yes, it's denominated in money. You can buy it with money or sell it with money, but it isn't money itself. Well, and it's also supply and demand with with the real estate anyway, to an extent. Um, I know in Lexington, there still is very, very little on the market, and the prices have not suffered as a result of the interest rates going up. That's because we're not allowed to build on 80% of the county. I mean, it's all locked into uh, green space. That's part of it. That's a big part of it. I think that um, what it all boils down to is know what you own, whether it's real estate, whether it's your investment portfolio, whether it's bonds. People, that's one of the things, that Dupree Financial Group, that we really try to drive home is to know what you own. Yeah, okay, well, so give me some examples. Well, in your stock portfolio, you need to understand that you can't have everything all in one kind of stock or all in one kind of bond. I might add that my wife is working on getting her license, so she's starting to learn all this stuff, so she's really good about talking. Oh, my Lord. The reason I'm talking is because you were talked at. You know I would prefer to just run the board and sit over here quietly but no, making you, notes. You are, you are studying about all that stuff, right? I have been around you for 28 years, <laughs> oh, and I would now. hope that some of it has come oh, through okay. osmosis. I would hope. Do I need to fine-tune the technical No, knowledge? no, no, no. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good thing. You know, you're right about that. I mean, Yes. Listen, money is money. Money is, you can't even define what money is nowadays because it's really not dollar bills. It's not gold coins. It's not coins. It's actually ethereal. It's on a page. It gets sent from one computer to the other. It's very thin in that sense. Stuff, though, that it would be real estate, that would be buildings, that would be cars, that would be oil and that's stuff you it, it has an existence apart from money and what i'm saying is that when the money supply is being screwed around with by the government then if you want your 
purchasing power to stay strong, you got to have some money in things that aren't just money. Well, it's got to be in some things that are going to act independently of what money does. Well, and another important factor is, as the stock market does its dance and goes up and down and all around and hopefully up, baby, up, 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 um, it's to not have to liquidate your portfolio in a down market. And that's, that's where dividends come in. Yep. That's another way to generate uh, money. Cash flow. And cash flow. So that you can wait for the This stock is what we do, grow. you know. Yeah. It is not that hard. People think, well, you know, he's kind of conservative or da 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 and I want to go with something that's real zoomy, sexy, edgy, edgy. Edgy. You know. Well, we understand what we own and that is important. That's very important because it really becomes more evident and even more important when you are. It's it's great and easier to be smart and look smart in markets that are going up all the time. But when you get exposed is when a market takes a dive. Right. Well, anything can get too expensive. And the price can get nutty on it. And then it gets reeled back in. That's why we are constantly doing research on the things that we own. Why? Because we want to be feel relatively certain that not only are we buying a good company, but we're getting it at a good price. Now, what is a good price? Because price is relative. Price by its very nature is a relative thing. Oh, I bought my hamburger for six bucks. Well, I paid eight fifty for mine. I bought mine for four dollars. Same hamburger, different different prices. Price is relative. Value is not so relative. Value is a thing that can be defined, not always in monetary terms. Sometimes you have to be able to talk about it. What's the value of a Coca Cola? We know what the price of a Coca-Cola is, but what's the value of a Coke? What's the value of a Chevy uh, Malibu or a Toyota Camry or, um, you know, a piece of jewelry or a blouse or, you know, a pair of nice shoes? We know what the price of it is, and sometimes the price is different from one place to the next, but the value is what's important. So if you look at the value of a company, then you say, I know it's a good value. Now, I want to get it at a good price because the price can change. How many people really talk about the who who? You think about yourself if you're an investor. Do you have someone that manages your money? And that could be you with whom you discuss these things that we're just talking about right now. If you do have that, stick with them. 
keep that relationship. It's very important. But if either you have somebody that doesn't talk about this stuff to you or say you may not have anybody at all, you might have your money with a big uh, 401k or something somewhere and you don't have anybody to discuss it with, consider giving us a call. Why? Because we will talk about these things with you. We go through the investment process and describe to you how it is we come up with investing in some of the stuff we do. Listen, I've been doing this for 45 years. It changes, it, but it doesn't completely change. There's different things about it, and then there's some things that aren't that different. There's some things about it that are the same as they were when I started. Now, interest rates, markets, that's all changed. Companies, some companies that we had back then are gone now. The New, speed that information travels has changed as well. It has. That's a big one. But I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't travel that much faster than it used to. You would think it does, but you don't think that it affects the volatility of the market and the big somewhat, the, the, but no, we it, stuff traveled fast back in the late seventies. Also, it just did it on different mediums. You had Quotron and things like that, but not everybody was looking on the internet all day long or day trading or right. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, we had day traders back then. Yes, sir. There were day traders. There's always been day traders. There's been day traders for 300 years. People that would trade, they just didn't have an auto screen. They might be on the floor of some exchange somewhere. Don't you think there are probably about 300 times as many, maybe? I don't know how many more times there are. With but the rapid. Basically, the, 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 the game remains the same. A lot of the props and trappings have changed. You're right. Well, and I I do think that the just my observation, what I'm around, I definitely think that the big swings are affect. Well, think about when Donald Trump would tweet something, how it would affect the market. We had that before Trump, big time. There was a guy named Henry Kaufman back in the late seventies, Solomon Brothers. He'd come out with a pronouncement: the market would go down three percent. Same thing. It's been around. I promise you. Okay, well, Just, that's one of the benefits of, of having Tom DePree around is he has seen a lot, experienced a lot, understands trends and cause result. There are a lot of other brokers, registered investment advisors, fiduciaries that can do the same, but they're not any that have, well, not they're not as many around that have been around as long as you have. She's making sure she's not saying something that she'll have to dig her way out of. Well, that's that's the story of my life with you. Most of the time I'm digging my way out, but that's okay. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree. I am the producer, Elizabeth Dupree, who chimed in a little bit today by invitation. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our financial hour. Our financial guys will come in and give us an update on what's going on in the market this week. Nothing you've heard on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell. Please consult a professional. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Under the pressures of life and it's tough. 
no stay down, mama time pick it up. Now bother with the down full style, strictly up full.